All right. The song says just keep on doing it and doing what? Whatever your purpose to do, just continuously do that until you're told otherwise. And I do have a, a guest on the phone lines with me on today. His name is Arnie Whitkins, and he is a speechwriter, public speaking coach, mentor, executive coach, and author of It's Not a Big Thing in Life, Strategies for Coping, Consideration for My Adult Grandchildren, a native of South Africa. Whitkin was successful with three private uh, companies and has spoken at major investment conferences. He has survived two different types of cancer since first being diagnosed in 2001. He has been married for 47 years and has two sons and six grandchildren. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Jerry. I am so glad to have you on the phone lines. Now, I, I had to pause for a moment when I read that you have survived two different types of cancer? Well, I had thyroid cancer mm. um, in, in 2001, and that spread to my lungs where it still is. And I had prostate cancer in 2009. Now, I just played a song, and it is called uh, Keep On Doing It, and it's so befitting because I did not know this about you that uh, you're still working and you're still talking and you're calling in to have this interview with me to encourage other people to continue to do whatever they do. What keeps you motivated to do what you do? Um, well, I think the first thing is that I love life. Mm. Uh, I've still got a lot to do. I've got my writing, my family, my grandchildren. I enjoy what I do. And I live in the moment. Oh. Yes, and that is so important because when things happen unexpectedly, we still have to remember the why we do what we do. And we were talking today about the imposter syndrome. There, there are so many people who are working and have careers, but they feel like they're not good enough for what they've been called to do. Can you elaborate on that for us? I can. Carrie, let me start at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. The most important thing for your listeners to say to themselves, I am responsible for myself. Mm. Now, once you start with that premise, that is the beginning of self-esteem. Now, the next thing to do is to write down exactly what you're feeling. And I have got an example right here, if I may give that to you. Absolutely. So, if I'm suffering from imposter syndrome, what I might be feeling is as follows. Jerry Beasley is a highly respected author, talk show host, and radio royalty. Yes. I'm only a little subject, and I could feel intimidated by such a powerful personality. Mm. If I compare myself to Tony Robbins, Wayne Dyer, Adam Grant, etc., who am I? Mm. Maybe I'm not really good enough. I'm afraid I'm going to be found out. I'll feel humiliated. My book will be a flop. And I might have wasted your time. Mm. Jerry, does that sound like imposter syndrome? 
It sounds almost normal for most people who most people would assume are confident, yes. Okay. Now you write down. So I wrote it down. Mm -hmm. What exactly is the reality? How can I change my self-talk? Everything has got to do with self-talk. I'm responsible for myself, and I take responsibility for making the most of the opportunity. Mm. I was chosen for the interview. Yes. Based upon my achievements. Yes. Um, I have a keen understanding of the human condition. Mm -hmm. My strategies for coping have worked for me, and for a great many people, both informally and as a mentor. I would like to impart these strategies to as many people as possible so that I can make a difference to their lives. I'm as entitled to be here as anybody else. Mm. I don't have to be the best in the world, but I need to be good enough. I've got enough intelligence to know what has to be done. What do I have to lose? The only failure is not starting. To be successful, I need to be myself, be articulate, deliver my message directly to the point. My desire to succeed is greater than my fear of failure. So once I've written that down, Jerry, what are my options? I can crumble. I can hide under my bed. I can bemoan my fate that I have imposter syndrome. Or I can hold my head up high, breathe deeply, and step up to the plate. What am I going to choose? I'm going to choose to get on with the cherry. Yes. You know, Arnie, you... So that's how I overcome imposter syndrome. With those, with that, that kind of, kind of self-talk. Now, when you talk about self-talk, and, and, and we've, we've come across a, a serious issue when you said that you've had thyroid cancer, and as a speaker, I know that you depend a lot on your voice. I know how that is to depend a lot on your voice. And when that seemed to have been threatened, did you have to do a lot of self-talking to yourself to continue on in this career? Okay. Jerry, I couldn't speak for three years. Mm. And then I had an operation. Even now, you might hear my voice is very gravelly and it's about 70% of my real voice. Now, when that happened, I took my pen and paper, it came me on the computer, and I wrote down, what is my strategy for coping? Number one strategy, count my blessings. Now, when somebody tells you to count your blessings, you want to shoot them. <laughs> But when you say it to yourself, it's very powerful. Yes. Number two, don't want, 
Don't wallow in self-pity. Don't moan or complain. Because the person you're complaining to just feels helpless. Number three, try and maintain a sense of humor. So when I couldn't speak, and I, I was a chairman of four companies, before the meetings I would say, don't let the softness of my voice detract from the seriousness of my purpose. Wow, wow. People would then smile. I would wear brightly colored shirts. I'd say the loudness of my shirt makes up for the softness of my voice. <laughs> next, next was acceptance. There was nothing I could do. So, when you accept it, then you can get on with life. When I, when I got this diagnosis, I said to myself, okay, what am I going to do about it? My number one strategy, write it down, make a plan. My plan was accept it. Then I put gratitude for my family. You know, it's not really a strategy, but I've got a fantastic wife who was very supportive. My family, my friends, and that gives you nurture. And listening to music, listening to inspirational tapes. This is how I got through. Mm. You know, and Arnie, when I think about it, there's so many of us. I, I, I spoke at a, a conference the other day, and I said that the word shy stands for something hindering you. And there are a lot of people who have the abilities and the qualities of what you're speaking of, but yet they will allow shyness to keep them from going forth. And you've had a medical issue that could have kept you from going forth. You said you're speaking now at around 70% of your normal voice. Why wouldn't you have said, I'll just wait till I get it at 100%? Because there are a lot of people who said, I'm still not ready yet. Jerry, it will never be 100%. <laughs> oh, okay. So I simply do the best I can. And if it touches any of your readers, your yes. listeners, then I've done a good job. Yes. Even with a 70% voice. That's awesome. That's awesome. How do you help those that are tuned in, and we're tuned in all over the world this morning, uh, and the BBC Global OS, how do you help those that say, I have this position, I've been called to do this job. There's times when I've been booked to do comedy somewhere and I was so nervous about who else was on the program and, oh, my God, I can't believe I have to do this. And then I got up there and it was awesome. But that fear factor, as you said, I'm an imposter. I'm going to be found out. Somebody may think that I'm not really funny. How do you help those people who are getting these opportunities, such as a job opportunity, and they feel like, oh, my God, sooner or later somebody's going to find me out. I'm really not as good as my resume says that I am. Firstly, nerve, when you're nervous, that's nervous energy. Mm -hmm. 
and that heightens your emotions and actually makes you perform better. That's the first thing. Yes. Now, somebody going into a job should say to themselves, I've been chosen for this job. I've got to have some skills. If I didn't have it, I wouldn't be chosen. Now, I can crumble and say, oh my goodness, I'm not good enough. Or I can try and do the best job I can. Mm. The best antidote for imposter syndrome is to do a good job. Now, all these people... Uh, Tom Hanks, Meryl Streep, Schultz from uh, Starbucks, they all said they had imposter syndrome. Mm. But they got on with the job. Yeah. And that's what you've got to do. You don't have to apologize. Yeah. Work harder. Mm. But you're entitled to be there as much as anybody else. And even if you can't get rid of him, Foster syndrome. You can still do a good job. Mm. Do you think that the imposter syndrome is actually a blessing in disguise because that makes us rely more so, and I'm spiritual, so I would say more so on God, or that make us rely more so on grooming ourselves better and practicing more and training more? Because you said earlier, your life is up to you. Jerry, I think that faith is exceptionally important. Mm -hmm. But God can't do the job for you. That's right. You have got to step up to the plate, take responsibility and do it for yourself. Mm. I will say one thing about writing things down. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be in one go. It can be over days. When you physically write things down, you go from anxiety to action. From anxiety to action. Well, actually, that's a biblical principle because it is write the vision and make it plain. Because once you write it out, does that ease your mind a little bit? Like you're venting? Jerry, when you write it down, Sorry, when you don't write it down, mm -hmm. everything's in your head, like a whole mishmash, ghosts, what if, what if that, oh my God, this, mm -hmm. that, and the other, and you're a wreck. Yes. When you write it down, mm -hmm. everything becomes concrete. You can see it. Yes. You can feel it. And when you write down your choices, the correct choice pops up like one of those pop-up books. In biblical terms, it's like a pillar of fire at night and a pillar of cloud in the day showing you the way. When you write it down, the plan becomes apparent. Mm. That's good. When you write it down, the plan becomes apparent. 
And it says that it you're also... It itself. Uh-huh. That's good. It also lets us know that you're a speech writer. How does one become a speech writer? You press a card. <laughs> um, I've been public speaking um, since I was 16 years old. Mm -hmm. And people come and they ask me to help with their speeches. Mm -hmm. So when I retired from business, which was particularly after my cancer, I became a speechwriter, mentor and coach. When, you know, when you talk about being a mentor and a coach to people, how can you, when you say the responsibility is on us, how does a coach or a mentor help someone become better in what they've been called to do? Okay. When you're responsible for yourself, that's also being responsible for getting help, ah. for asking questions, asking the way. You know, four of the most powerful words in the English language are, I need your help. Yes. Now, everybody needs coaches and mentors. The most powerful people in the world have advisors. Mm -hmm. Especially when you come to the highest echelons of business. It's quite lonely. Mm -hmm. You can't speak to your board because you're worried about your position if you're the chief executive. You don't want to show weakness to your other directors or to your staff. Mm -hmm. So then you talk to someone like myself who's got no judgments, who listens extremely well, who understands the human condition and what you might be going through, and can ask you a lot of questions which can shine a light where you may not have seen. Mm. And it's a very powerful relationship. And by the way, when you're a mentor and coach, you learn as much from the other person as well. Wow. Now say that again, because most times you think it's one-sided, but when you're a mentor and coach, you also learn? That's a, I, I, had a, I had an emotional experience in 1977. I went to a restaurant, and Bjorn Borg, who was five times Wimbledon champion, yes. came into the restaurant with his coach and others. I said to my friend, do you realize that's Bjorn Borg's coach? <laughs> he said, yes, so what? <laughs> I said, if the best in the world needs a coach, wow. what about us poor mortals? Wow. Now, the coach is never going to be as good as the player. Mm. So he's actually learning from the player himself. Now, when I mentor chief executives, I mean, they run their businesses. They know so much more than I do about the business. So I'm learning all the time. 
So the skeptic would say, if I know more than you know, I'm just asking, why would I need you as a coach? Because I can see things that you can't see yourself doing. Mm. Number one. Number two, you're talking to me. I've got a great understanding of life. Mm -hmm. I just lay ahead something you haven't seen. You don't know everything. Right. I know things. We can discuss it. I specifically called my book Considerations for My Adult Grandchildren. I want you to consider this. Mm. Don't take what I say as gospel. Think about it. Mm-hmm. If you like it, use it. If you don't, just as good. You've thought about it. Yeah. So same with the mentoring. I say to all my mentees, this is what I see. What do you think? Shining a light. My relationships have been fantastic. I like that. I was talking the other day and I said there's sometimes that the battery just needs a good booster cable to come along and hook up to this battery because the battery works. It just needs to be boosted. Is that what a good coach is, a mentor is, somebody that can see that there's a little drainage in some areas in our lives and they come to hook up to us to, to boost us along the way? Very much so. Um, because a good mentor and coach will focus on this has happened, what are we going to do about it? What's the plan? What are the obstacles? How do we overcome them? Who can help us? And the mentor and coach is bringing tremendous energy to the relationship. They both are. And everything depends on energy. Yes. Wow, Arnie, you're on it. Because I, I felt that this morning. I said, you know, I'm a person that really moves by energy. And everything does depend on energy. If you're around a certain situation and it seems draining or defeated or lazy, lackadaisical, that drains me and I can't be around that type of energy. So you say a good coach brings not a pep talk, not your personal cheerleader, but they bring the right type of energy to pull out of you what's already in you? Correct. And you might point out to them something they hadn't thought of, but then they can absorb it mm. and use it. That's good. So how do you, how does one, does one find a good mentor or does the mentor find you? How does that work? You always find the mentor. Mm. I do mentoring for a couple of um, business organizations, entrepreneurs, and the one organization, they small entrepreneurs, I, I don't charge them anything. So I'm well known as a mentor. Then people come to me. Mm. Well, you have proof positive because as, as we see that you survive two different types of cancer. <laughs> I'm not trying to be funny, but in thyroid, and you're still moving forward. So that's what we call receipts. You have proof positive 
that you do what you believe in and keeping it moving and being responsible for you? Well, I, I try to think that I, I preach what I practice. Yes. That's good. How do they get in touch with you, Arnie, if they want to, uh, if they want to get you to, for their corporation? Well, my website is the best place. Okay. www.arniewitkin.com And that will tell you all about me and about my book. And if any of your listeners want to contact me, there's a contact page. And I will certainly reply to any queries I get. And you're still doing speech writing as well if someone needs a speech writer? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, you know, I really have enjoyed talking to you. I want to talk to you again and as we continue to pray for you on your journey. Because um, you are powerful. And what you brought to the table this morning and to our listeners, one young lady said this has given her exactly what she needed to hear this morning. So this has been a blessing to us, Arnie. And to me, Jerry. I thank you so much. And I definitely will continue to keep in touch with you because we want to know a little bit more about you, but that's okay. I would love that. All right. Well, you have a great day. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.